Sportsman's Alliance, our heritage, our fight. Protecting hunting from coast to coast. Did you know that Florida ranks first in number of sportsmen and anglers with 3.15 million that spend 5.9 billion a year supporting over 94,000 jobs? Did you know that sportsmen and women contribute nearly 8 million to the economy every single day, adding more than 2.9 billion every year for conservation? Just another fun fact showing how sportsmen and women are helping make a difference. Sportsman's Alliance, our heritage, our fight. Protecting hunting from coast to coast. Boy, my business really could use some signs and maybe even some business cards. Man, you need Sign Parrot. Sign Parrot produces everything from business cards to building wraps, postcards, decals, boat and vehicle wraps, interior wall graphics, exterior wall graphics, routed and 3D lettering signs, banners, and a whole host of other interior and exterior signage. Our goal is to help you. If you need a sign, we'll save you time. Sign Parrot. Yeehaw! The Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation serves our nation's combat-wounded Purple Heart recipients by helping heal the invisible wounds of war. We provide world-class outdoor sporting opportunities that honor, connect, and heal our military heroes through the power of the great outdoors. Your support helps restore their independence, promotes connections with communities, and builds hope. To learn more about how you can help, please visit us on the web at wwia.org. Hey, this is Jonathan. Most of you know me as the co-host of Big and Wild, but I also want to talk to you about my shop, Arrowhead Archery. We're one of the oldest shops in the country and stock brands from Prime, Matthews, Hoyt, Obsession, and PSE. We also have all the accessories to outfit your equipment, plus a level three instructor for our youth and adult programs and regular league nights for everyone. Check us out at 10818 East US Highway 92, Tampa, Florida, airheadarcheryshop.com, and our phone number is 813-621-4279. Stop by and see us. Come on, boys! From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn. Jonathan Swindle and Bill George. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Yee, it is it's a little nippy outside. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors in the studio today. It is uh, me, Braden Gunn, and right there is uh, Bill George. And right over there in his uh, blue and black vest is the Cuban redneck himself, Mr. Uh, Carlos Lopez. I want to see him talk without a microphone. <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> whole time in here dancing and grooving and jiving, and the whole time he didn't have his microphone in front of him. That's right, man. Amateur. Just, you know, yeah, getting, yeah. getting ready, man. It is. And uh, he's... Our, He's kind of like a lady, you know. What? Yeah. Those fighting words, man. Well, 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 hey, look at the vest and everything. I mean, it's like I'm it's like today. you need got a my, little cool weather. No, my, they, they my gotta, thermosol hat matches my shirt. You see that? They got to put on the boots or, the you know, those outfits that you can only wear a couple times Certain a times year. Certain times a year, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm styling and profiling, yeah. man. Don't hate. Don't hate. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were out repping today or something. The hat matches the shirt vest hey. combo, and then it also matches your shoes. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. We, okay. we may have to take him and show him off over at G5 when we get off the air. There you go. You Listen, look good in your look, little army yeah, shade. Well, look at him in his Magnum PI shirt right there. What else? What else would he have on? Well, that, that I'm, well, Seriously. you know what? Correction. Ugly Magnum PI. Hey, yeah, that's not one of his best. <laughs> this, this, this is absolute truth. When we were out there at the turkey, the turkey uh, extravaganza. extravaganza, Yeah, a guy turned around and came up, was talking to me, and he... His memory was he always remembered me from being out there hunting at Green Swamp West, and I'd always show up in one of these colorful shirts. And so from that, he remembered me. He's the only one I know that has a, Which is a where colorful I should be Paisley shirt. Yeah. He comes stumbling in like he came in from a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah. You know, right. yep. parrot on one shoulder and a margarita. You yeah. could never go wrong. Margaritaville over here. Glad you got a haircut, though. Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either that or. Or we wet it or something. I don't know. Speaking no. of hippies, Diego made it in today. Actually, he beat us here. Yeah. So uh, he had a, had a good time last night and uh, came into work early. He's rocking the dreads, too. You see that? He's always had the dreads. At least know. for a while. He's always had a hat on. Yeah, he's always had a hat on. He had it covered. Well, he was Valentine's Day last night, man. He was out spoting, you know, looking at, you know, he's yeah. working the room kind That's of thing. A little so. bit of that sideshow Bob going on right there. <laughs> It's a good thing he can't hear you. Next like, thing so you know, your little red light would go well, deep, go well, dark. Me, me and Bill came in this morning. We were making fun of you and your car. Well, you just yeah. couldn't hear us either. Oh, that's all right. So. Hey, fifty-two miles per gallon. I ain't, I ain't saying nothing, man. No, it wasn't about the car. It was you. Oh man, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it is nice and chilly out there this morning. Checking the uh, big and wild fast cast at bigandwild.com. I take a look at it and. Uh, it's saying here 53 degrees, 53.6 degrees over here in uh, Pinellas County, which is hard to believe. Uh, north wind around four to six miles an hour. And it's going to be like uh, 60-ish today, maybe 76. It's supposed to be the high, so it'll be perfect. Perfect. Look at what this guy right here did. He put his, uh, to hold his uh, flowers for his girl, he put them in his muck boots. <laughs> That's pretty good right there, man. That's probably because of the weather, I guess. Uh, since we were speaking of the weather, that we were staying on the weather, yeah, and then that a, way he, the weather is... He's, uh, he's in a cold weather state, this guy, Jason Miller, so, you know, <clears throat> just thought it was good. Maybe good. he should have just kept him in the car till he got home and then just handed him to well, her. Well, the, the, the weather, I mean, look at the shirt he's wearing. That's not the weather. This isn't the weather for that. This is the weather. No, it isn't. Yeah. I had to put a jacket on today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he doesn't have flip flops on. That's because I got to go to G five. Oh, okay. All so right. I got to run over there today. Gotcha. gotcha. But uh, anyway, it's supposed to be nice and cool. Going to be a beautiful weekend. Um, if you're going to be out on the Gulf of Mexico or the uh, Tampa Bay, I would say uh, be cautious. Find yourself a nice little uh, cove somewhere. <laughs> See what you can do. Bass fishermen have been doing really good this past week. So, yep. and I know there's some tournaments this weekend. Everybody came in yesterday was picking up some last minute items. Things that were, you know, hopefully going to win it, win the big one for everybody. You know, it's always the dream. On Friday nights at G5, all the fishermen come in and peruse around thinking it's going to be the magic bullet that, you know, wins them the money. Well, I mean, I remember those days uh, doing that with the Lakeland Bassmasters. And uh, 
They always seem to do better during the pre-fishing. Event. Everybody always does. Yeah, and then when you go there, my fish weren't there. <laughs> That's what they always say. Yeah, that, they I were there. Even... They just got caught the day before and didn't yeah. want to get caught again. Exactly. No, because sh- you shake them off and stuff like that. You, you don't let them, you know, completely swallow the bait. They spit it out. But uh, There's a technique to actually losing a fish? No, yeah, you... You, you might set it on the first one, and then if they're hitting your rubber worms or whatever you're using, you know, your little secret But bait. then how do you know what it is? It could be a dang turtle laying on the bottom and snagged a hold of it. No, you're in, the, you're in the buggy whips or something like that. You're pitching and flipping. You know, it's just one of those things where... So you catch a branch and you go, oh, there's a five-pounder down there. I'll come see you tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, Whatever. I don't, know. I don't <laughs> know. You're the. I was a non-boater. The boater would say, hey, I, I was here with Thursday. And I had all, you know, all the fish. Every pass, you know, they were. You know, I was shaking them off. And then you show up tournament day, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that there was actually a a technique to losing bass. You know, while you're out, you know, yeah, scouting you sh- around. Yeah, call is shaking them off. You just shake them off. They they swallow the bait. <laughs> I'm not going to look at Brandon anymore because then I'm off the mic. What they but, were doing but then there. how do you know what size it is? How do you know if it's a, 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 a game changer you, you or a winner? Or you don't care what size it is. You just want to get your five, you know, five fish limit, and then you start going for size. Oh, that's what it is. Just boat as many as you can, and then go call them out later. Yeah, you know, hey. get a limit, and then go look for bigger fish somewhere. Uh, I got you. I think he was fishing with that baseball player. No. Which, which one? <laughs> I don't know. There was one that got in trouble here the other day over in St. Pete area. Oh, I didn't I hear anything I about didn't, it. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't pay much attention to the news much anymore. But this nice, cool weather, I actually have a special op hunt for Green Swamp West that is still going on today. And today is the day to be out there. So when I get done here, I want to swing by G5 for little bit just take a check out on that and then i'm going back out to try and find that buck that's still running around i bet he's got to be getting a little frisky today oh really you think so on a day like today he's he's gonna put some doe estrus and spray it on himself on that shirt and he might call him in no 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 A, a deer has got they love eating fresh flowers so you know if you turn around and go out in this that's may look appetizing he's got a point i remember that was one of the uh one of the benefits of of wearing dk flatwoods was because it was the only thing left green in the forest so if you were sitting out there in your green you know in missouri somewhere or something they'd be like what is that there's a green bush over there there's like food over there i'm gonna go take a look at that (laughs) sure come on in boom dang bang it's gone it's over it's done after you swing by Bill, after you swing by G5, you should go to Goodwill. You'll find a couple of them shirts for like two, three bucks. I may need to. Yeah, I'm running go. thin on them. Oh, there you go. You you got to pick <laughs> those. And- what size do you wear? I have some uh, I have some uh, nice silk dip- ones that I don't wear anymore. It depends on the shirt, large or extra large. They're all... Uh, I think 2XL would be better. I think most of them are, are uh, hand-me-downs from Tom Rivers. They're all Tommy Bahama, really nice ones. I mean, silk ones. Well, you need to be sporting them every once in a while. What? No. I'm not taking your style. <laughs> Come on. You call it that? I'm not going to okay. do that. All right. I did, it's a conscious decision some days, you know. I was going to wear ba- a, plain, a bad A bad one, I might add. I, I was going to wear a plain <laughs> shirt today, and then I said, no, no. 
not today. He, he's like the guy that gets up and he he'll go over to like a pile of clothes and he'll smell the shirt. That's clean. <laughs> you put it on. No. Clean it up. No. <laughs> it's clean it off. Now, have you met his wife? No, he ain't getting away with that. There's no way that he's going to leave around that stuff. Well, I'm saying it's in his car. <laughs> he's oh, got well, a pile in the car. If he's got him hidden in the back, then yeah, sure he could get away with it. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Don't forget, uh, we uh, put it up on Facebook this past week. We do have a family four-pack of tickets to give away a little bit later on in the show. It's for tonight's Monster Energy Supercross at Raymond James Stadium. If you'd like to go, keep listening. We'll give you more details as the show moves along. Also, don't forget, today is happening the uh, Kids in the Outdoor event at G5 Feeding Outdoors in Plant City. Bring the kitties. Come on out and have a good time. Food and fun and frivolity for everyone. That sounds good to me. They don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing. Hey, we are G5 uh, sponsored and uh, Brandon Ford sponsored, and we are the Big and Wild Outdoors, and we'll be there. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors, indoors today. Beautiful day, though. It's going to be nice. Uh, I'm sure that the visitors here in the uh, Tampa Bay area, as long as in the central part of the state, who are choking the life out of traffic these days, will be uh, enjoying this weather quite nicely. Well, my new residence that I've had for a while now is in Zephyr Hills. And you talk about a town that, like, at least doubles in population this time of year. <clears throat> yeah, it gets a little crazy on uh, 92 and MLK and everything. Uh, and uh, usually when the Strawberry Festival happens, oh. uh, when I'm out of G5, I never leave and turn left. You always go right. That's when you find all the other restaurants way down uh, for lunch on the other side of town, on the outskirts of town. You, you yeah, better that, start packing your lunch. Yeah, yeah. That, that gets crazy. It's uh, Yeah, because trying to turn left and go up 92, go eastbound on 92, when you have 86,000 cars from Maine trying to get into uh, Parksdale, it's, yep. not, a good, you <laughs> it's need, not a good you, day. You need a three-hour lunch. Yeah, you, you need all the back ways. Yeah. Take Turkey Creek, go down, trip over, cut around, go that way. I mean, there's ways to get around. You should just turn around, bring in something, fire up one of those green eggs, and just cook yourself and some other people some lunch. If I do that, if I put the uh, if I fire up the big green egg, then I'm putting something substantial on it. Well, I'm not going to throw a couple of burgers on there and a hot dog and call it a day. Well, do it. Bring in a Boston butt or something. That takes a little bit longer than an hour. Correct. But you, Correct. you get to work, you put it on. Correct. Especially when you get to work. Especially since Diego and I would be prepping it for like a week. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> I heard that on the podcast, guys, when I was driving. Yeah, yeah. it takes Diego a week to cook a piece of pork. Yep. Well, I should say Diego's family. Yeah. Because then the, what was the first one was the, the milk one, and then the second one, no, wait. Coconut milk? Was it the milk one he did on the first batch, and then well, the second he one marinated. he did the marinade? He soaked it in milk. <clears throat> yeah. Did, you know. No, I, don't, I don't do that. 
No, that's uh, real so- milk. I, I soak it in mojo. Uh, that'll work too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. We had a gentleman caller who uh, went out and found himself some nice sour oranges and <clears throat> made his own little uh, mojo according to uh, the Bill George yeah. recipe. And Carlos, he turned around. He <laughs> won't do that. He's just by the jug man. Yeah, and actually. I, I prefer Bill George to prance around in the woods at 8 or 9 o'clock at night looking for sour oranges than tell them <laughs> that the company that I work for, Iberia Foods, sells sour orange. You can just go to Publix or Walmart and yeah. buy a bottle. Susie, but Susie. I like him to go. And he called me up and goes, why didn't you tell me your company sells a product that's yeah. sour orange? And I was like... Because I like hearing you go to the woods late at night. <clears throat> That's the way to do it, is to go out and get your own, man. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, but I don't know how much is, you know, that put in that for preservatives or anything else, but, I mean. Was it pretty good? The other sour orange one? Yeah, the one. You I were, haven't well, used one? just the sour orange yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No. I think we gave that to my daughter. Gotcha. She needed us to go out and get sour oranges also. She had something she was doing. Well, now you can go to Publix if the weather's bad. I don't know. There's a couple of them I've tried that are store-bought, and they just they weren't that great to me. Yeah. I think Bill George's way of doing it is probably a much better system. Yeah, but I would go during the day. He go, He calls me up, and I'm Why like, not? what are you going doing? He goes, I'm in, the, cool. I'm in the woods, and I'm like, oh, we, we hunting? He goes, no, I'm hunting for oranges. Then and that's I'm the like, way you should do it. You should get out there in your skivvies and go out there and uh, hunt some oranges at night. There's nothing no, wrong with that. I'm like, dude, it's eight thirty at night. What are you prancing around the woods for? You got a shovel? You <laughs> that's did, what you I told you. Cool. Digging you, graves or something? You or don't what? want to burn daylight <laughs> hours on hunting oranges. No. Uh, Plus, man. you can see them better at night. You shine up there in the yeah. trees; they kind of stick out. Yeah, they glow um, a little. <laughs> glow. Guys, I don't know, man. You guys are special. <laughs> Special kind of people to get Listen, out there and do that kind of thing. We turn around, we run hard, and we do not take a break for a lot. So every once in a while, you got to turn around and do midnight runs for sour oranges. Uh, yeah, I'm there's sure nothing you, wrong with it. I'm sure you can move some of the piles in the back of your car and find a sour orange or two. I'm sure. I had to make some midnight runs in my old neighborhood to uh, <clears throat> raid some fruit trees. Yeah, sure, <laughs> I'm sure the did. neighbors didn't like that. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, there's a guy in our in our in our yard at two a.m. <laughs> hey, old old uh, Mr. Al had the best avocados on the street. What can I say? <laughs> For me, it was it was hazelnuts when we lived in Italy. The farmer had this beautiful hazelnut tree Ooh, that was at. close to us, and he had a a great big uh, field around that hazelnut tree. And so we would be like mice, and we'd make tunnels through the hay. <laughs> And we pop up <laughs> at the hazelnut tree and get us hazelnuts. More like rats. You yeah, rat. probably you dirty, like you dirty rats. rat. <laughs> For, if I've at, learned anything from watching Italian movies, the Italians are pretty f- big fans of shotguns. Yeah. So we uh, did. Yeah. We did get shot at. <laughs> well, one that and time, machine guns, but not <laughs> that not by that guns. farmer. It was a different farmer. Yeah. Well, little uh, little lead come flying your way, or? Oh, but did you hear that? Ooh la la! Mm-hmm. I lived in Italy. Did you see that? What's wrong with that? But oh, I don't know. I lived in Mexico the, for three months. The day months. we got shot at by the farmer, my brother was running, and he got his rubber boots stuck in the mud, and he <laughs> ended up losing his <laughs> rubber boot. Did the guy fill it full of holes? I would have shot up that rubber boot. But we knew where there was cherry trees and walnut trees and hazelnut trees. Did you do any hunting while you were there? No. 
Oh man, skied. We did a bit of skiing. <clears throat> Nobody wants to hear that. Snow skiing? Snow skiing. In the Italian Alps? Well, we skied in Italy, but we'd also go to Australia, uh, not Australia, Austria, to go ski in the Alps of Austria. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was okay. We we left there when we got done with my dad being stationed over in Italy. We went to California. So That's it, a big contrast. So, it, yeah, well, the thing is, you get over to California and you hear Tahoe, 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 Tahoe. It's like, oh, this must be some really nice place. We get over there, and it's like after you learn to ski in the Alps, <laughs> you get over there, and you look at this, and you're like, what the it, heck little rinky-dink thing is this? It's, it's yeah. disappointing. It's very disappointing, <laughs> huh? It's a little disappointing. Well, it's kind of like being raised in Florida, and the only hills you ever see are uh, up around Brooksville, and when you finally do or, actually get in the mountains, you're like, holy crud. Or Bach <laughs> Tower. These are, these are really big. Or, or Bach Tower. That was the highest I've ever seen here in Florida. The guy that built the Bach Tower? Tower? Yeah, in Lake Wales over there. Yeah. Yeah. Never so, been there. It's nice. You should take the kids. They'd love it. Mm, maybe. I don't know. You could do that in about an hour, all of Bach Tower, pretty much. Really? So, yeah. Am I talking, been, into, the, been, am I talking been, into the mic now? I've been across from the uh, lake. I've seen it when I'm over there for the Beast Feast for the FFA. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, there's Bach Tower. Yeah. Okay, there you go. It's like the highest point. But, uh, yeah, there's... There's not a whole lot of mountains here in Florida unless you make your own. There's <laughs> some dirt. <laughs> so, Kids in the outdoor events happening today out of G5 Feeding Outdoors. We're inviting everybody to come on out there and hang out. Uh, kids of all ages. going to be opened up for everyone. Uh, fun for the entire family. It's from 10 until 2 o'clock today. They're going to have target shooting, a casting contest, uh, boats, um, rescue vehicles on display. All kinds of games, burgers and hot dogs, archery demonstrations. Uh, FWC is going to be out there as long as well as uh, marine biologists and other outdoor experts will be there. You can uh, do a build a knife dealio. They're going to have one out there, two classes. Kids can get out there and do that at 11 a.m. and then 1 p.m. today. Uh, You build, it's basically a case knife, kit knife. It's made out of wood. I know we sold a ton of them during Christmas and uh, the kids will get out there and have fun with it and uh, have their own little pocket knife and do whatever. The uh, $5 donation to attend the Kids in the Outdoor is uh, suggested. All the donations will be contributed to the local Ducks Unlimited chapter. And uh, always, so you're helping wildlife and conservation while you go. It'll be a good time had by all. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Kids in the Outdoors, when are we getting your daughter out? I don't know. You're not going to leave me being the guy who can't get her a pig. She's she's, uh, she's got to do her homework. Yeah. I just may have to talk to her mama and sneak her out without you. (laughs) Mom and daughter sitting in a tree. Mom would let her shoot instead of dad shooting it out from underneath her. That's right. (laughs) She learned her lesson that day. That's messed up, man. She'll never be in the woods again. NG, no good. That'll teach her. All right, we're going to take a break. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay right here. We'll be back.
I hate being distracted by computer issues. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Vicken Wild Outdoors. Welcome in on the show. Braden Gunn, Carlos Lopez, and Bill George, and Diego. All in the studio today, having a great old time on this uh, chilly kind of uh, nice morning. Feels extremely nice outside today. Uh, if you're not going to go out and mess around out in the woods, go find something to do because it's just going to be too pretty of a day to not do anything, that's for sure. Go for a hike. That would be a good day to do this. Yeah, that would, that would yep. be a, a beautiful day to do that. That way you don't get all sweaty and nasty and uh, disgusting. And you go out and you can go for a very long time. Yeah. Just yeah. be ready to remember, as far as you walk, you have to walk back. <laughs> it's not a one-way trip. And take Correct. some water. And, you were bagging and if, me before if, for if, going on a hike. What? You were bagging me for wanting to go on a hike in Costa Rica. That's like, different. Well, That's Costa Rica. That's Why different. You want to hike in Costa Rica because there's fishing there. He's got a point. Meh. Curious spoken. Thank you for coming, sir. Yeah. Okay. Case dismissed. You you could uh, hike while you're going fishing. Exactly. You, you could go. be wade fishing. You could go walk along the beach and cast out, side cast, get out there, get stung by a stingray, have some life. Find out the laws, though. You don't want to get locked up in another country. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <clears throat> How are you going to find out the laws? I mean, they could make them up as they go. Google. I don't know. Googlealo in a, Spanish. Googlea. It's a foreign country. <laughs> They've been known to just, make up rules as they go along. I just made that up. I don't think that's a word for what Google, was legal Google 10 in minutes, Spanish. What was legal 10 minutes ago may not be legal right now unless you pay the fine right. and then you continue on your way, sir. Speaking of rules that change, this, this week coming, Wednesday and Thursday, FWC commission meeting. So, you're going to go? Of course, course he is. Of course. I know. I know the stories. Only missed two in five years. I so, know. you're going. Jonathan's going. Chuck we'll is see going. If John, we'll see if Jonathan goes. He says he's going to go. He's yeah. going to open up the house, the uh, casa I'm, up there, and uh, get up there and go do it. I wish I could go. You can. No, I can't. I got to yeah, work. You quit your job, leave the house, leave the family. Got to work. <laughs> Got to work, man. Work, work, work. Yeah. Got to ready. Got to do. Got to do is, thing. It is very difficult to uh, to be able to go out to those commission meetings. But as I said before, getting taking the time to send a few emails. Um, as we noted last week in the show, they're talking about extending the no trout catch and you know keep uh, no snook, no redfish for another year. When the numbers are are really great right now, you know you know what's annoying about that stuff. I don't go saltwater fishing hardly ever like I used to. So you go out there maybe once a season, once every two seasons, and you got all these restrictions the day you go. And you know people before that or that live right there, they can go every weekend and stuff like that. So the occasional fisherman that goes out. And now you you can't keep or whatever. It's just a pain. It's annoying. Yeah. There's a lot of fish. Let them keep a couple. But but the guides are really active in trying to uh, keep it closed. And I I can't tell you one guide from another guide. But back in the uh, this has always resulted on this one due to red tide, which really like the snook didn't really impact. They maybe moved them around, but it did not really decimate or hurt the snook population unlike the freeze of many years ago yeah the what cold year, 
What year was that fr- major freeze in, Braden? Oh, I don't know. That was in the mid eighties. Yeah. I remember that one was it, a horrible, horrible. And it one. was it was a truly devastating freeze. But no, even that, when there the was, snook there was one like ten years ago or something. I remember it was like a week or two of cold weather. No, no, and... no. This this was a really devastating freeze. It like for snook killed a lot of big big fish. Where and... I grew up over here, right not far from the radio station on the on the canals back there. You literally could walk out onto Gino's dock. It was a raised, you know, dock and look down and they were stacked like cordwood back there just to try to stay warm in that dark water back in the back canals. <clears throat> you get out into Riviera Bay, there were bodies floating everywhere. Yeah. They were I mean, Riviera Bay on the backside of Weedon Island, um, all the way around by Mermaid's Point, Ross Island, everywhere around there. Man, they were there were bodies everywhere but, from the freeze. But even as that that was a truly needed Shut down of the snook yeah, be- keeping. Everybody we, nobody, was on board. Nobody with it. debated that. No. But for years after they recovered, people down in Charlotte Harbor and this and that, they fought to keep their snook season closed. They fought really hard, and and it took a lot of years after the agency deemed the fishery recovered to get it to open because of the lobbying of the guides. Wanting to keep it closed. They're making a lot of money, taking people out there, catching a lot of fish. If you can go out there and catch 50 to 100 snook in a day, there's a few snook out there. And we we could take a couple. Yeah, Yeah. and that's one guide. I mean, uh, you know, when I went out with Kevin Little, uh, we must have caught 70, 80 snook, no problem. In, in one wow. spot. In uh, one and, spot in a four-hour charter and go fish for other things. Yeah, and trout and, uh, you know, a couple other little uh, jack trashy fish yeah, kind of things. It's, and it's it's a little easier for them to find them. They know where they are and they're catching them. But that hungry. means that they are still there. That's, that's Bill up. George's point. Is, no, I know, but, it, it's, but, you know, commercial, professional fishing as opposed to recreational is totally different. Do you, know? you, uh, do you <laughs> is there any way that you can know in advance – uh, through your back channel government people type stuff that you have to know how many people have actually engaged in this conversation online you with can, them they'll, ahead they'll of time get up there and what they're going to say is we are generally supportive of this okay or we have some opposition but we're generally supportive and the guides are the ones out there sending the emails if you want to turn around and you think we need to keep you know, open up the fishery. We have plenty of fish. You need to send the commissioners themselves an email so they can turn around and hear from you. This conversation was not brought up when we just talked about the new trout regulations that went into effect February 1. If we were turning around and truly having issues back then, it would have been really nice to have this as part of the general rulemaking process, but the process they're using is what's called executive order, which means they can just make an executive order, and the executive director has the power just to set rules on the fly without going through the public vetting process. And they put this on a, uh, uh agenda item for Tallahassee where you're not going to get a bunch of people. Put this on the agenda when it's here in central Florida and let your people possibly have a chance to get there. Yeah. Uh, you got to give them more time. That's for sure. I just I was curious because um, I know that uh, you know Dave Marquette and and a lot of other big name guides and stuff. Of course, went absolutely bonkers 
when there was the uh, whisper of them closing the Gandhi boat ramp. Oh, yeah. And it was all over Facebook. Every guide, every fisherman, every wreck guy, everybody had an opinion and, you know, and uh, did some digging and found the old plans, found the artist's rendering of what the uh, area was supposed to look like. I mean, and this is in the span of a few hours. In a few hours, they had info, ammunition, all that stuff where all these people were up in arms. And from what I've heard and what I've followed on this past week was that the commission, the Hillsborough County Commission, has kind of overturned uh, and got done away with that idea they of locking it. Yeah. yeah, they scrapped the idea of locking the gate a- at night. So it can be done, and it can be done quite quickly if more people were involved in it that fast. You think about the number of fishermen, either – but As who, you like to say, who, who did you see made mostly posting stuff about that? The guides. Oh, the people who actually take the time to go out there to dig it up—it's it, their livelihood. That's you know. Well, I think the guides were the ones who initially talked about it and got it out there and got it, but. There's a lot of recreational people too that also use that ramp too. I mean, it's not just all oh, guys no, making no, money. Oh no, no, no. That ramp is heavily used. Oh yeah. So, I mean, all those wreck guys, even the people who don't use it, you know, were like, "Wait a minute. I thought this was a state, you know, this is a boat ramp. You can't close those things like that at night unless it's in a park or whatever it is." And uh so I mean, they did digging. They went looked looked at ordinances, they looked at the state law, they looked at all that stuff and then once they Got that in the faces of the Hillsborough County Commission. They kind of went, oh, okay, maybe that's a bad idea. And we'll, we'll just when I used that. to live over this way, we used. His mic's not on. Yeah, he's you know, pushing. You, you got to control your own the, there, buddy. He did push the button. Yeah. So, but back in the day, we you did use that ramp a lot in the evening. Sure. When we'd go out shark fishing, my yep. wife actually likes to shark fish at night. Because it's cooler. She doesn't want to have the sun beat down on her all day. Go out there in the evening, catch a few sharks, have a good time. Go go to the bridges, catch some uh, black drum, have a good time. Yeah, we, we, should be. we came in once there. Uh, we went out and we were fishing late at night and we came back and the tide had changed. And we just had to dock and sleep in the parking lot because <laughs> we couldn't get the big boat out. Why not? Uh, the tide had gone out, and, and we couldn't we couldn't get the big boat in. <laughs> I don't know how we we rip it. Out. I mean, that thing be coming out. No, nah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Damn, well. All right, we're gonna take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at G Five Feed and Outdoors. Don't forget, kids in the outdoor event happening today, ten to two over at G Five Feed and Outdoors, and always a good time and always great deals over at Brandon Ford. You're in the mood for a truck or car. Today would be a good day to go uh, peruse around in the parking lot. Nice and cool. Take your time. We'll be back. Everybody, big and wild outdoors. Bring gun. Carlos Lopez and Bill George. What's up? All in the studio today. 
having a good old time out here uh, messing around indoors. Got a lot of stuff going on in the area. Of course, everybody, well, at least Bill George and his crew, are getting all fired up for the big meeting up in Tallahassee. Do you? Uh, I got an update on the agenda. Is there is there another update that you know of? New version? Are they going to bring up the uh, fishing regulations? Um, I know you can talk about anything, but uh, sometimes it's not very productive well, to bring up something that they're not really interested in at the moment. Well, it's when you turn around on Wednesday that one of the last agenda items is items not on the agenda, and you can talk about anything that's not on the agenda that you want to talk about. But the the snook, red drum, and sea trout is on the agenda, and it is on the agenda for Wednesday. And so that that topic's going to be talked about then. But you can talk about anything you want for three minutes. And I do that. I do that. I will be up there commenting on something, I'm sure. I did that once before. But I, I go up there. There's some things like the alligator program in which I, I would routinely go up there and chip on and say, Hey, we need to, this this overall management plan for the alligator program reviewed. We need a you know diverse group of people come in, and it took me years of of chipping away at it, and it's happening now. So yep, you, you can you don't have to sit there and drum on it or be obnoxious or anything, but all of a sudden it's like he keeps coming up here, he keeps coming up here. Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I'm he's sure that, I'm me. sure that's not what they say. They have other colorful <laughs> things to say, like his shirt. But. Yeah, driving me crazy. Yeah. But you know that the alligator program's really going to be looking different in in another couple months. Uh, there's been some major changes within the agency. Uh, Steve Stigler, who was over the public water hunt, retired in January, so he's no longer in there, and. Dwayne Carboneau is going to be taking his position, and then they're going to turn around and be hiring a new person who's over the alligator program, and and more, it'll be interesting to see what that person's um, vision. Ho- hopefully, or, they know a little bit about it. Do you know? So, do you know who might be in the running for that, or is it just anybody? Uh, can go and put their name in the hat, or is this one of those appointee type things? No, it it's it is a a paid position within the agency, and it is going through an interview process where applicants can apply and and put in their. You should apply. It's a job in Tallahassee. Oh, sorry. I wouldn't be technically qualified because you don't live in Tallahassee. No, no, I I'm sure I don't have whatever piece of paper they're looking for <laughs> with a degree in biology and zoology and So you tell me all those commission guys that are in there, they have Not those the commissioners. Same thing? Some that, these are staff. This is staff versus the commissioners. Commissioners can be anybody. Yeah, but see, that's that's the thing. I don't understand why they wouldn't hire somebody who's a better people manager. Who can find the experts and find the biologists and find the people that you need to uh, get the job done correctly. If you surround yourself by the, with the people who are the best of the best, then why wouldn't you do that? Why would you rely on one person to get that done? And and I, I'm right there with you. I believe that you know a lot of times we promote people who are great biologists into leadership positions 
and they're not leaders. No, and or they don't, or, and they, or and, people that are good on paper, and they're not good with you know these issues, the environment, the the laws. That some of them are not even sportsmen, and they're in charge of what you can do. Exactly, and that drives me insane. <laughs> me too. I mean, I understand that I'm. I, I can sit here and read nine thousand books on the NFL and and be versed in everything that has to do with coaching, but that t- doesn't tell me that I'm qualified to go. Uh, you know, be a people person and be a Tony Dungy uh, and be able to manage, you know, hundreds of people under my toolage. I mean, there's just, sure. you know, there's a certain qualification that you need. I'll give you a great example. Tom Rivers, the guy that used to run WQYK, used to run this radio station, was a master at surrounding himself with the best people who could do the best jobs. Tom Rivers is not going to go out there and hang banners at the Florida State Fair. He's not going to go out there and set up the broadcast and sweat his butt off out there to set up the broadcast at the Strawberry Festival. But he hired the best people that could do that job, and it made him shine. You know what I'm saying? Because they are like, man, you guys are on top of this, man. There's nothing. You guys are awesome at this. You got to spend money to make money. And if you do that the right way, then you could do all this stuff. And the same thing with the commission. I mean, that's what drives me insane. These, these animal rights people... Those people that they're putting out there in their uh, short skirt dress suits and all that stuff, do, do you think they're biologists? No, they're the best people at what they do, and they put them there in that position to go in there and stand in front of the commission and talk for the rest of the group as a representative of doing their greatest job. Uh, Carlos Lopez wouldn't be in the job that he does now if he wasn't good at what he does, and someone hired him to be the best that he could be to make them look good. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So you know, to put that all on one person, never, and I well, never could understand that. I, I'm sure I will be having some conversations. I have some meetings scheduled while I'm up there, and so we'll see what the, what the conversation is. But that's one of those things that I always feel is best face to face talking to somebody. It, it is, and it, and it should be that way. The bottom line is get involved. I, I understand. Can't change things if you don't. You know, get involved. I understand that, you know, not everybody can, like Carlos and I, can't just jump in our car and run up there on a Wednesday and, and, and go to a commission meeting. But at least they're giving you an opportunity to voice your opinion uh, online. Well, thank God we have people like Bill and, and others that I've met, yeah. you know, that, that do find the time, you know. And there's there's a few of us that are there on Regulars, a regular basis. Yeah. And and uh, it, it's really nice sitting there and you know, we'll have lunch together or dinner together and talk. And we're not even even those of us who show up. We're not always on the same page, but we we got the same general interest. Well, as long as you're not eating outside of the commission meeting, you know, setting up a barbecue stand, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, the one year they wanted to arrest us <laughs> yeah. for handing out free sandwiches. Yeah, I guess somehow that would sway everybody. What, you know? was, what was in free the sandwich? I, yeah, yeah, well, I, I want to know. They were pork sandwiches, you know. But It's like the old days uh, in the old elections when you had the guy standing out front with the little bottles of encouragement to go in and vote. <laughs> what kind of encouragement? A little, uh, little nip of the spirits, you know. Hey, uh, uh, here's oh. a generous little gift from uh, from uh, Bill George. Remember him when you get into the voting booth, you know that yeah. kind of thing. You know, yeah. so I guess that's what they're. I guess they thought maybe somehow the pork sandwiches were going to sway everybody. Yeah, maybe you can give away some of that big and wild coffee. <sighs> I don't know if we have any more of that. 
Speaking of that, I am almost out of the big and wild spicy barbecue sauce. I'm like down to tablespoons, and I'm starting to freak out. Well, I got to get out there and uh, go talk to our boy out there at yeah. Smoking Aces. I, I, I bumped into him. I bumped into him last night. I went out to the woods for a little bit hunting, and then when I got out, I said to Susie, "I said, Let, why don't we go out for dinner?" And she said, "It's Valentine's. Why? Well, that's crazy." What? Oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm like, well, we'll, we'll go over and, over to Smoking Aces, and she's like, I don't want to be waiting to eat. It's Valentine's Day, so of course I. Made I don't a- know, man. Backtrack on that a little bit. I I kind of like the fact that Susie lets you go on Valentine's Day for a couple hours. Let hunting. me go. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of a lot of girlfriends, a lot of lady friends, a lot of wives wouldn't let that fly, man. Because of Valentine's Day? Yeah, you got a special one there. Skippy. Do you know the history of Valentine's Day? Trade them in. I'm sure we're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the history, Bill? Trade them in. Brandon's the history, Bill. Wait, he who knows all. <laughs> Go ahead. Come on. No. Do you right. want me to give you the whole explanation? I mean, seriously? I got a picture of a big fat guy, Cupid, like in, in Speedos with a bow and arrow somebody sent me yesterday. You <laughs> better get actually, it in quick. <laughs> the Roman army didn't like uh, their soldiers to have uh, wives or girlfriends. So it was a year, if you did have one, uh, you could trade up. Where you could actually get rid of the wife or the girlfriend and trade up for a new one. And it was a time of... Festival and frivolity and uh, wickedness and what, all that other what, kind what, of stuff. What happened to that? Uh, the Catholic Church came in and said, you know, we'll overtake this pagan ritual and uh, rename it something else. And then uh, St. Valentine was marrying uh, Roman soldiers in secrecy, and uh, they didn't like that. So they put him in prison, beat him up, chopped his head off, you know, did the whole yeah. nine yards. Less depravity. Okay, Beautiful. But they also said that there was some uh, hanky-panky going on between the priest and uh, a young lady who he wrote a letter to and signed it, Your Valentine. And that's where it comes from. And that's because he died for love. Wow. (laughs) We're going to take a break. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, stay right here. We'll be back for your history lesson.